From the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and Sirius XM, this is the Work and Life podcast, which explores how to create harmony among the different parts of life, work, home, community, and the private self, your mind, body, and spirit. The conversation you're about to hear was originally recorded on the Work and Life radio show on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by Wharton. Here's your host, founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project and author of the bestseller, Total Leadership, Professor Stu Friedman. My guest today is none other than Ariana Huffington, the global business and thought leader who is striving to redefine success, not as money and power, but as well-being, wisdom, wonder, and giving. Ariana Huffington is founder of the Huffington Post. She's author of Thrive and The Sleep Revolution. And most recently, she is founder and CEO of Thrive Global, which is a corporate and consumer well-being and productivity platform that's working to improve cultures of stress and burnout and help companies increase productivity by prioritizing employee well-being. Ariana is a self-described sleep advocate, getting eight hours of sleep every night herself, challenging the status quo that says that CEOs need to be sleep-deprived and overworked. It just isn't true. We talk in this episode about the scary wake-up call that led her to start Thrive Global, what it means to create a healthy relationship with technology and your smartphones, the micro-steps that she took to create greater daily well-being in her own life, where she finds resistance to the kind of cultural change Thrive Global is, is aiming to create, and what gives her hope. And finally, advice for working parents and all listeners for gaining a greater sense of control in one's life. And now, my conversation with Ariana Huffington. Ariana, welcome to Hi, Work and Life. How are you? So, so good to be with you. Well, it's, it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining me. So, uh, tell us just a bit about how you began Thrive Global. What led you to, uh, to, to launch this new enterprise? So um, what led to it really started almost 10 years ago in 2007, mm -hmm. April 7, to be precise, when I collapsed from exhaustion, sleep deprivation, and burnout. Um, so when you say on the way, you collapsed, you mean like you just fell down? I just fell. I hit my head on my desk, oh, wow. broke my cheekbone. And that was really the beginning of my... Um, realizing that I had to change the way I was living my life. And as I did research, I realized that this was not just my problem, but it was really a global epidemic of stress and burnout. Mm -hmm. And um, I uh, wrote a book about it called Thrive. And then I wrote a book called um, um, Sleep Revolution, which was going deeper into sleep and its importance in our lives and all the latest science about it. And, and um, 
Well, and then I started thinking that I wanted to do more than just write and speak, and that I actually wanted to create a company that would um, help people change the way they work and live. And that's how Thrive Global was born. And I also realized that I wanted to do it full time and ended up leaving the Huffington Post to devote the rest of my life to this. And how, how do you feel it's going so far? I know it's, it's still well, your first year, right? Uh, you launched last summer? Oh, yes. We, we, no, we, are, we closed our Series A financing in August, and we launched at the end of November. And it's been kind of amazing. It's really exciting to tap into something that's happening in the zeitgeist, to be in the middle of a, of a real transition happening in the way people look at their lives mm. and what they value. And... Um, Thrive Global is kind of divided into three parts. The first is the corporate, we go into companies and we um, work to change the culture around um, sleep, uh, burnout, uh, performance, and um, health. The second part is a media platform that brings together all the latest science and new role models, people who are in the arena but who are Uh, doing it differently. And the third is commerce, where we curate Mm -hmm. all that world of wellness, both tech products and and the soft um, eye masks, mattresses, everything. Mm -hmm. And and also we produce our own products. And our first product is our phone bed, which is a charging station that looks like a little bed and where you can tack all your phones in at night and Mm. charge them away from your bed. Wait, so you can charge them away from your bed or as yes, part of your because bed? The whole, no, the whole point is that we feel very strongly that you need a clear demarcation yes. line. Physical. Your daytime, yeah, physical demarcation. Mm-hmm. And if you charge your phone by your bed, which over 70% so many people of do. people do, of course. Yes, then you're often tempted if you wake up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. to, to look at your phone and... Um, and be often uh, find yourself going down the rabbit hole of social media and yes, text yes. and snaps, etc. So, so uh, you, you've talked about uh, the relationship one has with one's phone. This product is intended to help change that relationship that so many people have. Do I have that right? Exactly. And, and what is the intent? What, what is your hope? I mean, if, if your product works, what, what will change in people's lives with respect to their relationship with their, their phones and how it affects their sleep? So what changes is that um, we realize that there is something in every human being um, that is a place of wisdom, strength, and peace. And we need to create space for us to connect with that. Otherwise, we are uh, operating from the shallowest part of ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is the part uh, that is constantly distracted by notifications, by social media, by emails, by text. And sure, we need that to be part of our lives. So I'm not suggesting that we we turn away from technology, but we Mm -hmm. need to set boundaries in order to protect our humanity. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not just sleep it's also regular times um where we are not on our phones whether it's having a meal with our family mm-hmm. or friends mm-hmm. or um in fact at thrive global we have device free meetings i mean i'm sure you've noticed how many people do end up in meetings 
uh, constantly being distracted by their phones. Uh, not in the meetings that I run, Ariana. Oh, I love that. You <laughs> and I are completely aligned. Yes. I would love you to write about well, it. Uh, be one I, of our role models. Well, I, I will. In fact, I, I post... Um, uh, you know, snippets, little short versions uh, with links to the podcast from my shows uh, on the uh, media platform, and it's it's been a great platform for us. And I, I no, definitely I will address we love that. It. The uh, we, love it. we would love to do more together. I, I well, uh, thank you. I look forward to that. One of the things that I do also in my classes is uh, ensure that there is no digital. Uh, devices that are being used by any students in my classes. And at first, there's a lot of resistance to that. But uh, very soon, people realize, oh, it's better if I'm actually looking up, paying attention to my classmates, listening to my own thoughts, writing, etc. So yes, we do have to fight to create those boundaries, don't we? I know. And this is the moment. I feel that we're at a real inflection point. How do you mean that? And that um, technology has invaded more and more parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. And and we need to fight back. Yes. <laughs> and we need to and we need to fight back uh, um, very deliberately and very urgently, because it's going to get harder and harder, especially for the generation behind us, our children, our grandchildren, mm-hmm. um, who are born digital. Yes. And we have all the data that show that when when you are too addicted to your devices. Um, you are less uh, um, less empathetic. Mm-hmm. You are more likely to face uh, mental health problems, mm-hmm. uh, a depression, anxiety, and I feel that all makes sense of because course. you are more disconnected from yourself. Hi, this is Stu Friedman. I hope you're enjoying this conversation, and I'm just so glad you're listening. If you like the Work and Life podcast, I would personally appreciate your taking just a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you access this podcast, whatever your favorite platform is. We are relatively new as a podcast, uh, and our team is working really hard to bring you for free the best of the conversations that took place on my Sirius XM radio show but were previously available only to paid subscribers. So every positive rating and review helps us to grow our capacity to move faster toward the goal of sharing useful information and insights about how to create harmony among the different parts of life with people who wouldn't otherwise have access. So please do help us, and if you have ideas for what we can do to improve our impact please write to me at friedman at wharton.upenn.edu. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, and now, back to the show. What have you found is the most yeah. useful approach to helping people to, to, uh, to detox, to, to, you know, to rid themselves of this addiction, which seems to be, as you say, uh, ubiquitous? I mean, it's, it's such a... A pervasive and pernicious problem. What what have you found to be most helpful in getting people to change that? So I find the most helpful is to help people recognize um, the latest science uh, mm-hmm. about the cost, uh, the price that they are paying mm-hmm. when they're always on, and that contrary to our 
cultural perception that that's what super successful people do. They have to be always on. They have to burn out in the process. That's what type A driven people do. To realize that, in fact, some of the most creative people, whether it's Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, talk regularly um, about um, um, what it was that enhanced the creative process. Steve Jobs talked about how some of his best ideas came after periods of meditation. Sure. Bill Gates talked about taking think weeks where he would go to his cabin without any technology. Mm-hmm. And what we do um, on the Thrive Global platform is to bring together people who are admired for what they have achieved, who write things that come as a complete shock to our culture. Like when Jeff Bezos wrote a piece for us, mm-hmm. CEO and the headline of was, uh, yeah, the CEO of Amazon, and the headline was, why my getting eight hours sleep a night is good for I love that piece. So important. I mean, that was like a a moment of making the connection between recharging ourselves and our decision-making. And what was so important Um, about that that emphasis in Bezos' piece is that he's doing this for the firm. He's doing this, it's not just for his own self-interest and his own mental health and his equanimity and, and, you know, not, not not lashing out at people at work, but he was really doing it to create greater value for his business. Exactly. And and I really hope that you'll write a piece about what you do for meetings and what you do with your students, mm-hmm. because then people can read that and know you're somebody in the arena, you're somebody who's achieved a lot. So it's not somebody who's chilling under a mango tree writing that. <laughs> and, uh, although that, and... I do aspire to that lifestyle, <laughs> not quite yet. <laughs> Uh, what what do you do? What what is your best practice? Uh, what you know, if you could share with listeners something that you've learned perhaps recently or that you've discovered, you know, in this journey these last ten years that is most important for you to maintain, you know, the 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 patterns, the habits, the the boundaries that enable you to care for yourself through proper sleep. So for me, the most important. Part of the changes I brought in my life has been a to acknowledge that it's going to be micro steps. Micro steps. Fact, yes, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be an overnight transformation, mm-hmm. and um, and to be patient with myself and to realize that uh, I'm a work in progress, hmm. and I'm not going to do everything perfectly. To have compassion then, for yourself. Have compassion for myself, mm-hmm. and what has made it easier is that. I really no longer like who I am when I'm deprived of sleep, when I'm burnt out, Hmm. when I am running on empty, I become more reactive, Mm -hmm. I become less creative, less interesting. How did you discover (laughs) that? Well, because I I become more aware of myself. Mm -hmm. I can see when I overreact. I can see when I become... Um, unnecessarily upset about little things, mm-hmm. and and so it's like who I become when I don't take care of myself. It's not it's not somebody I want to be around. <laughs> hmm. Was there like a defining moment where like one of your kids said to you, "Hey, mom, you're you're being uh, difficult. Did you not get enough sleep last night, or something something along oh, yes. those lines?" My, my, my kids are incredibly um, alert. Mm-hmm. To all that, and they are they are definitely converts. And sleep is just one part of it. We talk of more course. about sleep because everybody has to sleep, while people may not want to meditate mm-hmm. or um, um, learn to do breathing exercises during the day. But the thing to stress is that both in my life and in all our lives, 
it really takes a minute to course correct. Right. It's like, you know, it's not like it, you have to take an hour. You don't have to go for a weekend retreat somewhere it. or to take yes. t- you know, two months of silent meditation. I mean, that might help, but it's... But yeah. It, you don't... It, but it's like, you know, you can be having a stressful day, and if you just pause mm-hmm. and, like, do take some deep breaths and some deep exhales and remember what you're grateful for. Yes. And focus on what's working in your life rather than what's not working. It can shift. Yes. Um, our whole physiology as well as our mental state. And and you d- you you, know, de- you describe yeah. all this in in uh, the sleep revolution. I, I I know that there are a number of listeners who are working parents, and that's a increasing issue. We're hearing a lot more about that on the show and in my research and practice with companies. Um, what what advice have you? Do you feel like you can offer to to working parents, especially with kids at home, to help them manage uh, some of these tensions and and maintain the kind of, uh, you know, be the person they want to be for their children as well as for their professional lives? So I think that's such an important question because it's starting with when you become a parent Mm -hmm. and your child doesn't sleep through the night. um, We give a lot of advice about... um, how to deal with that. If you have a partner, um, how do you take turns? I mean, one of the first Mm -hmm. things is that very often uh, couples feel that they both have to suffer together (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to show that they love each other. And Mm -hmm. in the morning, they both wake up exhausted and they want to kill each other. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I recommend taking turns. You know, whoever yes. has to get up earlier, whoever has less flexibility with their schedule, mm-hmm. takes turns. But, I also think it's so important that companies are now uh, extending maternity leave mm-hmm. and, um, and paternity. giving paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're meeting with Bank of America today, where they also make uh, maternity and paternity leave flexible. Mm-hmm. So let's say if you have your mother-in-law visiting and you don't have to use your two weeks paternity leave and or any amount of time your mother-in-law is there, you can take it later. I think these are going to be very important. Well, I'm curious, uh, you mentioned Bank of America. What, Where are you finding the most resistance to, to these ideas and practices, Ariana, in the work that you're doing with companies? Where, where's the sticking point uh, that you need to help people through? So first of all, what is interesting, too, is that like in any period of transition, we see multiple behaviors coexisting. Mm. We see companies like some of our big corporate clients like Accenture and J.P. Morgan that are at the forefront, and they're introducing a lot of changes in the company. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we see companies um, still resisting on the ground that... um, they're afraid that if they um, prioritize the well-being of their employees and mm-hmm. making sure that they set boundaries to when they're on and when they're off, that productivity will uh, suffer. And what, we, what is important to shift that is to educate people, to show them the latest data. You mm-hmm. know, we claim to be data-driven, but we ignore the data here, which is conclusive. Mm-hmm. And athletes are ahead of business people because athletes realize 
uh, that when they take care of themselves, they sleep, they meditate, they recharge, they're better on the court or in the field. The results are so much more obvious and immediate so they can really see the impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I'm really optimistic and and, uh, um, I'm really excited about um, this transition that we are living through. Because what gives you hope? What gives me hope is that when people start doing it, taking micro steps in that direction, Mm -hmm. the impact on their lives is so significant and meaningful that that it draws them. um, So it becomes like a magnet. Yeah, and you, you gain a sense of confidence and build momentum that, hey, if I can take this micro step or small step, then there's perhaps another one that I can take. and it's Exactly, exactly. And I think that's all it takes. Yeah, so, but you're finding that in companies there's a, a reluctance for fear, you said, of, uh, well, if, I, if we let go too much of control and, 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 and give in to the needs for well-being that we'll somehow lose something? What, what, what's yes, the... I mean, sometimes companies feel that they're going to lose lose their edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When in fact they're they're much more likely to gain it. Uh, we're, we're we're just about out of time here, Ariana. Let me ask in closing here: what's uh, what's the best piece of advice you've got for our listeners about what they can do to take action to to gain a, gain a greater sense of control uh, over their well being and and their specifically their sleep, but all aspects of their well being. Oh, I think that um, the first step is turning off all our devices and gently escorting them out of our bedrooms. Not not throwing think, them out the window, but gently escorting no, them. No, no, gently escorting them. <laughs> I think that's, that's the beginning. And Stu, I'm really looking forward to you writing this piece and also inviting your listeners to write and share their stories. I, I will and do that. They, they can send them directly to me. My email is ah at thriveglobal.com. Ariana, thank you so much for thank talking you. with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ariana Huffington, the founder and CEO of Thrive Global, which is a company devoted to creating cultures that embrace both well-being and productivity. So that's a both-and approach as opposed to an either-or approach, and it's one that I wholeheartedly support and endorse in every way. In fact, the Work and Life podcast This podcast is featured on thriveglobal.com, which has all kinds of interesting tools and resources, so check them out. Here's a challenge for you, based on something that Ariana and I were just speaking about. Why not keep your smartphone outside of your bedroom, especially at night, and, take it a little further, stay off of your digital devices in the last 20 minutes of your day? before you go to bed, and in the first 20 minutes of your day after you rise. This small micro-step, as Ariana calls it, I would call it an experiment, an attempt at a small win, it could change your whole day. Now, you can find Thrive Global's unique phone bed. Uh, There's a link to it in our show notes, and just go to their site and find out about it. Uh, which sounds like a pretty cool device itself, but 
You can also perhaps just try keeping your phone charger in a different room. All right, here's another thing I want to tell you about. We're going to start、um, reporting to you、uh, notes that I get from you and other listeners about how you're using what you're learning about here on this podcast. So, any ideas or tips that you heard, email me your story at friedman at wharton. .upenn.edu for the chance to be talked about on、uh, future episodes. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts, your comments, your experiences. And in fact, our first one is from Natalie Nielsen Edwards, who wrote to me the following note Hey, Stu, wanted to shoot you a note as I've been catching up on your podcast. And since listening to the Cal Newport episode last week, I'm experimenting. Last week, I left my headphones at home to, quote, not be afraid of boredom, quote, on my walks to and from school. It definitely helped to let my thoughts develop on their own versus constant stimulation, as he referenced. This week, in experimenting with deep work, I'm focusing on using time in study rooms to focus on deeper tasks uninterrupted. Instead of using the usual hour on 20 small and unimportant tasks. Just wanted to let you know that your podcast is helping me. Going to tell all my friends. Well, that's great, Natalie. Thank you so much for that note. And、uh, again, I encourage you、uh, to write in to let me know what you're taking away from what you're hearing on our podcast. The address again Friedman at Wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work and Life. This conversation was originally recorded on my weekly radio show on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio powered by Wharton. Tune in for live broadcasts of Work and Life on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more about today's guest and about previous guests, check out our blog at workandlifepodcast.com. Join the conversation by tweeting at Stu Friedman. And for more ideas and tools for creating harmony among the different parts of life, check out our website, totalleadership.org, and my book, Total Leadership Be a Better Leader, Have a Richer Life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and coworkers. Until next time, I'm your host, Stu Friedman, and I thank you for joining me.